You're listening to the weekly update from the Nojuani Book Club as we cover Saffron's Salvation by Simarjit Kaur. My name is Harwinder Singh Mandir. Welcome to what is our third weekly update as we dig deeper and deeper into this book. Today's weekly update will be covering until the end of chapter 27. encompassing work up until the end of page 140 so if you have not yet read that far don't carry on listening because there will be spoilers throughout so since our last weekly update and over the last 40 pages or so we have covered a great amount of detail of just a couple of different happenings and the most important of those of course being the coverage of what takes place immediately after the invasion of Darbar Sahib Amritsar early in June and the fallout that transpires across the lives of Sharan and Jassa and everybody else and how they're all impacted there's some quite graphic detail in Sharan and Jassa's route to head out of their village and reach the Darbar Sahib when they're encountered by the indian forces and how they actually end up split apart i think i found a lot of that coverage quite fast paced it painted somewhat of a vivid picture that reminds you of motion picture films that you've seen where war is breaking out and people are trying to escape the fire the quite literal fire that is engulfing them the way in which sharan and jassa are split apart from one another quite easily in fact juxtaposes with the other great happening of these chapters and that is of course their anand garage and the honeymoon that follows in all of this i found that saffron salvation gives us lots of food for thought and i can't wait that we are now just a week away from our first monthly video chat that's what this book club is all about taking us up to page 180 of saffron salvation where you the reader listener to this weekly update but you the reader of saffron salvation will be able to share your thoughts on the book so far with myself and others who are all part of the book club so i hope to join you all then and we'll go much more deeper into detail on all of the different things we've read thus far but i think the standout will be that relationship between jassa and sharan and how some of this 1984 june invasion is covered by the book that being said there was one particular small paragraph just three sentences three short sentences that i came across in these chapters on page 116 that really for me summarized beautifully what the darbar sahib invasion meant not only to sharan and jassa but to even the casual seek reader of this book and i think the author simrajit kaur captured it well with these three sentences boundaries of a country come and go tyrants write and rewrite history and force it into the brainwashed masses but amritsar is sovereign as i said there's quite a lot covered in the pages since our last weekly update and of course those first few chapters are all about that anand garage between jassa and sharan and how it sits lots to unpack there which we'll leave until the monthly video i think 
I thought the way that their first night together was covered is quite classy, which isn't always the case, particularly in subcontinental writing. Whether the writer is from the subcontinent or from the diaspora, in either case, usually find there's either an excess of detail or there is a lack of feeling and emotion. What stood out for me throughout all of that writing about their first night together and their honeymoon was how much Sharon really dislikes herself. She has a hatred for herself. There's a very fragile existence within a woman who is so confident in some situations and who can be so assertive at times. She is actually quite fragile. She talks about her hair as thinning. She looks at her ankles. She talks about her body and everything else and doesn't fully believe that Jassa will love her for her and what she looks like. And I thought there was something to that that speaks to the human psyche, how we're never fully comfortable with ourselves, or rarely is that the case, even amongst people who find they are quite confident and self-satisfied with the way that they look. There are always things that we try to change. I thought it was interesting how that's what I was pulling out of this writing because perhaps many of you listening to this didn't and that made me question myself as to why that might be the case and of course it's because I'm a man and because the way that I look at the world is very different to the way that a female who's from my background and my circumstances and in every other way may have the same set of circumstances to deal with as I do but just that slight difference well, it's more than a slight difference, but just that difference of being male or female makes such a huge spin on it. And you see that when Sharon is talking about the eyes of the world are always on the bride, how no one really cares for the fact that this is a ceremony between two Sikhs and the Guru. But she says the eyes of the world are always on the bride. And it's true. It's not just the Anandgaraj at any wedding ceremony. The eyes of the congregation fall onto the bride. And that's understandably so. So much emphasis is put on the bride and her accoutrements and jewellery and dress. These ideas do dominate. The difference for Sikhs is that that's not how we're supposed to think. The Khalsa certainly is not supposed to have any care or concern for such trivial matters but here we are provoking that question made me think about something else that might be of interest to listeners to this weekly update but how would this whole story be told through the eyes of Jassa so everything that we've read right up until now here until the end of page 140 if we were reading Jassa's side there would be a similar level of complexity As I said in one of the earlier weekly updates, one of the most beautiful things about this book, Saffron Salvation, is that it focuses entirely on Sharon. And so we have a female-centered story, which is quite rare uh, within the Punjabi stroke Sikh community. And so that is a beautiful thing. But if we were to put this from the male perspective, if we were to look at this through the eyes of Jassa, And he's a complex individual. He's a being too that has emotions and all of these feelings and thoughts. 
I still don't think it would reach 140 pages. I don't think it would be as simple as just saying, this girl was set up to come and see me. I like the look of her. We decided we'd get married. I looked into her eyes and I thought, yep, this this works. And there we were. We got married. And then the next day we woke up in the hotel and we'd had our first night together. That'd basically be it, right? I mean, it, it wouldn't be that simple, obviously, of course. But that's the beauty of reading this book that Sharon says all the different things that go through all of our heads all of the time. The way that Simrajit Kaur has presented the character, we see into the mind and the complexity and intricacy of flitting from one thought to the next, from one idea across to something else. It's one of the reasons that I wanted to launch the book club with this work and it for me is a huge part of the joy of reading Saffron Salvation. Just realizing that we're not alone with our myriad of thoughts that come to us every moment of every single day. I can't end this weekly update without touching upon the hint of a future to come that is not going to be so rosy for Sharon and Jassa, their relationship, but obviously for that character Sharon herself. And that was in chapter 22, where we take a leap into the future, just 10 years away in London, and it looks like all is not well. Not only in the fact that Sharon there seems to be alone and early in the morning having to walk for miles and miles or something similar, but moreover for the idea that she seems quite disenchanted with people and society still, which I'd hope that after 10 years of experience of what I'm guessing she's going to go through now that we've hit that point of 1984 and seen that they are knee-deep in the resistance movement against the Indian state here, that perhaps that experience would lead to a more positive outlook in the future. But we have that hint there in that chapter 22 that, no, that's not going to be the case. And that, of course, makes for all the more of an intriguing read of Saffron's Salvation by Simarjit Kaur here at the Nojwani Book Club. One final reminder that on the last Sunday of every month, we shall be meeting at 5 p.m. UK time through Microsoft Teams for our monthly virtual chat. As part of the book club, we will be meeting at 5pm on Microsoft Teams to discuss up to and including page 180 of this work. If you're looking for the link to join for the Microsoft Teams chat, then it should be on the Nojwani book club page on the Nojwani website. And of course, it will be sent out to everybody who has signed up to receive email updates about the book club. That brings to a close this weekly update. Hope that you continue to enjoy reading Saffron Salvation by Simarjit Kaur. Take care.